This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Also, the Warning Radio Program, Shortwave Program, and those that are watching me on social media, whether it's World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, or my personal Facebook, or it's YouTube Television, Warning TV, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Welcome. We're in my college classroom here at World Ministries International, Stanwood, Washington, and we're in the chapel with a live audience made up of my staff and their families. The program today is going to be titled The Authority of a King. The Authority of a King. We're all living in unique and unprecedented times. Fear is running rampant. Pastors are afraid to speak the truth because like King Saul and his army, today's church, they see Goliath, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and society backing sins of abomination like abortion, homosexuality, Islam, alternate lifestyles. Black Lives Matter, a Marxist organization to topple America and move us into a new world order. Antifa, a fascist organization to topple America or any nation they move into and overthrow their government. All to topple capitalism, President Donald Trump, and move us into a new world order. What we need is the authority of a king. And that's the title. It is time for King David's to arise with power and authority. Point number one, authority and power manifested. Ecclesiastes 8.4 NAS. Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, quote, what are you doing? Unquote. A third characteristic that will enable us to identify the kings that are coming will be power. Kings come with power. Their words are authoritative. That's why I just did an interview and we decreed and declared. Like I decreed and declared President Donald Trump will win. Words of a king are authoritative. The King James version of the above scripture reads, quote, the word of the king is with power, unquote. Certainly we know that kings speak with great authority. If you're a parent in your home, your words should have authority. Your children should listen. If they don't listen, something is wrong with your leadership. The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Maybe a quick Little uh, education on the backside. Brings the brains from the bottom to the top. And he can think again properly. Amen? Amen. Certainly we know that kings speak with authority. That is beyond question when it comes to the Lord Jesus. As the, quote, king of kings, unquote. Jesus spoke to the multitudes, quote. As one having authority and not as the scribes, unquote. Matthew 7, 29. 
That's the NKJV, New King James Version. Now, just as Jesus spoke with authority, I believe the kings that are coming will also speak with great authority. God wants you to be a king. We're supposed to be kings and priests, aren't we? But you must have authority. You must move with the Holy Spirit. You must know the Lord. You must be endued with power from on high. You must have wisdom. It comes with time spent in the presence of God, reading the word of God, listening to those in authority, including your pastor. To have wisdom, to have power, to speak with authority. They will be godly ambassadors and divine dignitaries sent forth to speak to individuals, territories, and nations on God's behalf. I travel the world and I speak to nations. I speak to kings, presidents, prime ministers, parliaments, politicians on God's behalf. I have a word from God. I speak that word. I speak with authority. I'm not rude. Mr. President, this is what God is saying, and this is why. If you follow it, ABC will happen. If you don't, ABC will happen. They recognize there's authority there. They recognize anointing there. They recognize somebody that's not afraid. God doesn't use you as a king to move as an ambassador if you run with fear and intimidation. If all of a sudden they look wrong at you and you, you crawl under the chair. I don't crawl under the chair. I don't run. I don't say this arrogantly. But I believe in fighting back. I believe in representing God. I believe in speaking the truth. Whether they like it or not. With all respect, your president, prime minister, your excellency, your honor. But this is what God is saying. I humbly disagree. This is what God is saying. I don't believe in going in arrogance. I see some people going and talking to people in arrogance and rudeness. They're not for restoration. Their vanity is so high, no wonder they can't be used on higher levels. Because they're just arrogant people. King's speech will not be with the persuasive words of men's wisdom. It will be accompanied by God. If you're going to be representing God as a king, as an ambassador... It'll be with the wisdom of God. By great demonstrations of God's power. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. The words of the kings that are coming will not only be authoritative, they will be filled with God's supernatural, life-changing power. God's supernatural, life-changing power. Point number two. The kingly anointing is characterized by the, quote, power gifts. The supernatural power gifts of the Holy Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Visions and dreams, their interpretation thereof. The working of miracles, signs and wonders, the gift of faith. We're talking about not just everyone has faith, a measure of faith. We're talking about a gift of faith. A supernatural endowed gift of faith that if you wait on the Lord, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God 
adds upon that a gift of faith where you can do what seems to be impossible and you can do it confidently. Joshua momentarily had a gift of faith to walk around Jericho the way he did. Peter momentarily had a gift of faith to walk on water. Uh, it didn't stay too long. He fell, started sinking. Why? He took his eyes off God. If any one of us take our eyes off God, all of a sudden that supernatural gift of faith or moving in the Holy Spirit will stop. If you keep your eyes on the enemy. King Saul kept his eyes on the enemy. He should have listened to God. God said, don't do anything. Don't have sacrifice. You wait till, I, till Samuel arrives. King Saul took his eyes off. God. He looked at the armies coming. And in his vanity, he committed sacrifice that only the priest was qualified to do. And Saul lost his kingdom. God removed him from that position of authority, of anointing. Why? Because he needed somebody ruling Israel that could hear from God, listen to God, and obey God. Not give excuses why you have to disobey. People give excuses all the time why they disobey leadership. All the time. Well, you weren't around. Who cares what I'm around? There's instructions. People give excuses for their sins. People give excuses for their rebellion. Only God doesn't take our excuses. Amen? He doesn't take them. Well, they're going to kill me. Well, let them kill you, God says. I can raise you back from the dead. Abraham. Kill Isaac. Abraham was going to kill Isaac if God didn't stop him. Abraham knew God could raise him back from the dead. Abraham knew God could give him another son. Abraham knew there was no such thing as death. Abraham believed in God. A lot of people going to church, they don't really have the faith that God wants. They give their excuses and they justify their excuses every time they make a mistake. I hate, and some of you will Know that I hate it when you justify your excuses or when I try to correct something. I don't want to hear excuses. I want obedience. I want admission. I want repentance. I don't want excuses. God doesn't want excuses. He wants you to admit your mistakes. He wants you to repent and he wants you not to do them again. Do you want to walk as a king? Then listen to what I'm saying. If you want to walk as a failure, just close your ears. The kingly anointing is characterized by the supernatural power gifts. If the prophetic anointing is characterized by, quote, the vocal gifts, unquote. And the priestly anointing is characterized by the, quote, knowledge, unquote, gifts. Then the kingly anointing will be characterized by the three power gifts. The gift of faith, the gift of healings, the working of miracles. 1 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. I believe without doubt that the priestly anointing is characterized by also the knowledge gifts. I believe the kingly anointing also has, besides the gift of faith, the gift of healing and the miracles. The gift of knowledge. A word of 
knowledge. Kings have to have great knowledge, great wisdom. Without this, they can't rule. Solomon had great wisdom. Meaning with the dilemma of the two women, both claiming it's their baby. That was real wisdom from God. 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's the kingly ministry in action. We are to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus cast out devils with great authority and power. Matthew 8, 16, we read, quote, when evening had come, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Jesus did what? Cast out the spirits with a word. Now that's the word of a king. You know, there's times when the spirit of God comes upon us and we can do anything. There's times when it's easier to cast out spirits. Right now, I could come right off this thing and cast out spirits out of any one of you. But sometimes when I'm tired, I've worked all day, and it takes energy to get into a spiritual battle. And unfortunately, we're human, right? We should never try to cast out real spirits, strong spirits, without a partner to tag team, to go in and out, because it's not easy. But again, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when there's anointing president, present, when you're in the room with people of anointing, it's much easier to cast out spirits. Now, I don't always like to, you know, the people might not always like their spirits to be cast out of them in front of others, though, because they could get embarrassed. But it's much easier when you're filled with men and women of faith, with high anointing in the room, than to be worn out from the battle on the first lines come in after a long day of fighting and now on your own do you feel like casting out spirits not normally you feel like going to bed taking a shower and eating maybe not in that order right amen we're, we're human first samuel 11 we see god's spirit of might and power come upon a natural king to overthrow his enemies beginning in first one Verse 1, we read, quote, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 11, 1 through 6, NAS. Now Nahash, the Ammonite, came up and besieged Jabesh, Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, make a covenant with us and we will serve you. But Nahash, the Ammonite, said to them, I will make it with you on this condition. Wow, on a condition that I will gouge out the right eye of every one of you. Thus, I will make it a reproach on all Israel. I'm not sure if I'd like that condition. The elders of Jabesh said to him, quote, let us alone for seven days that we may send messengers throughout the territory of Israel. Then if there is no one to deliver us, we will come out to you, unquote. Then the messengers came to Saul and spoke these words in the hearing of the people and all the people lifted up their voice and wept. So they related to him the words of the men of Jabesh. 
Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul mightily when he heard these words, and he became very angry. There's times when I'm in battle and traveling the nations I've been in, and many times when the Spirit of righteousness come upon me, and I'm mad, I'm angry, righteously angry. I'm angry right now with what's going on in America. I'm angry right now for the deceit of Obama traveling the nations, working against our president. For, for former Secretary John Kerry traveling the nations, working against our president. From Hillary Clinton meeting with other leaders of nations, working against our president. For Joe Biden, lie, lie, lie. Framing Michael Flynn, suggesting the Logan Act. And he said, I was never involved in that meeting. He was right there with a the suggestion. I'm angry at these lies. The Spirit of God comes upon me, and I'm righteously angry. Notice that when King Saul heard the words of the enemy, the Spirit of God came upon him mightily. Also notice that King Saul became very angry. You say, oh, Dr. Hansen, Prophet Hansen, uh, you shouldn't be angry. Do you read your Bible? God got angry. The men of God got angry, righteously angry, to rise up and fight and defeat the enemies. If you're not angry at what's going on, try, they're trying to destroy capitalism, move you into communism, and then so many of you will lose your freedoms, and many of you will even be executed one day. If you don't care about that, you don't know your Bible. You don't know your God, and you aren't fit to be behind the pulpit. Again, the King Saul heard the words of the enemy. The Spirit of God came upon him mightily. Also notice that King Saul became very angry. You see, my friends, the kingly anointing is at war with the devil. We're at war. The kings that are coming will be mad at the devil. They will be anointed to utterly destroy the works of the devil. Look at what King Saul did next. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel 11, 7 through 12, NAS. He took a yoke of oxen. He cut them in pieces. He sent them throughout the territory of Israel by the hand of messengers, saying, quote, Whosoever does not come out after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. What will be done to his oxen? Well, he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces. Wow. Reminds me of Joshua chapter 1. Don't look to the right or to the left. Just obey what I tell you. And he goes ahead all through, the, all through the chapter. Don't look to the right or the left. Just do what I tell you. And at the end it says, and if you don't obey the word, anybody in this camp does not obey the word, kill him. Why? Because they just went through 40 years of wandering the desert. And it wasn't going to happen again under Joshua's watch. And the people were already tired of living in tents for 40 years. You know, every year I used to practice in the Feast of Tabernacles, I used to have our staff live in tents. And I think they were pretty tired at the end of the week and ready for their bath. But try it 40 years. You would agree with Joshua. Kill them if they don't listen. In other words, it only takes a little leaven to stop faith. It only takes a gossiper to split a church. God is not happy with that behavior. Today we might, you know, they don't kill them on the spot, 
But I guarantee you, you're going to be judged in heaven. I guarantee you, some of you get disease and die on earth and you don't understand because you're used at the devil to speak words that split, split churches. You gossip, you murmur, you complain against God's anointed. And you're wondering why you're sick and you can pray and pray and pray and you're not healed. You wonder. Your sins are going to bear a harvest of death if you don't repent. Whosoever does not come out after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. They will be cut in pieces. Then the dread of the Lord fell on the people and they came out as one man. I guess there'd be some dread. Amen? You think that would stop insurrection, church gossip and slander? I think that would stop it pretty quick. He numbered them in Bezek, and the sons of Israel were over 300,000, and the men of Judah, 30,000. Then said to the messengers who had come, Thus you shall say to the men of Jabesh, Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you will have deliverance. Wow. Promise, promised them a certain victory on a certain time, a certain date. Now that's a word of a king. So the messengers went and told the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Then the men of Jabesh said, quote, Tomorrow we will come out to you, and you will do to us whatever seems good to you. Unquote. The next morning, Saul put the people in three companies. And they came out in the midst of the camp, and at the morning watch, and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day. Wow. You know, Custer tried that, breaking, up, breaking it up in three groups, and uh, Custer lost. But Custer didn't have a word from the Lord. Custer had a word from his vanity. He didn't wait for the next day for reinforcements. He wanted the glory. And the Bible says pride comes before a fall. Remember, everything we do has to be a word from God. Amen? I don't go into countries of, of genocide without a word from God. If I go on my own vanity... I probably won't come back and see you because I'll be dead. You have victory if you listen to a word from God. Custer had his own word. General George Armstrong Custer and the Sioux massacred him because Custer was so full of self-glory and vanity. This is different, though, what we're talking about right now. Saul put the people in three companies and they came out in the midst of the camp at the morning, watch and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Then the people said to Samuel, who is he that said, shall Saul reign over us? Bring them in that we may put them to death. Saul's kingly anointing was recognized and established by his ability to lead God's people into battle. Kings have anointing and people recognize it. Wherever you go, they recognize your anointing. They recognize how God puts you before kings and presidents. They arrange meetings for you. God opens doors for you. Because people recognize the anointing from God. 
the wisdom of God, the faith of God, the ability of God. What do you mean? You say, God gives, you're, you're saying God's ability? Yes. He said, when, you were, when he ascended, go wait and tarry, and I will give you my ability to do my works and my will as I did it on earth. You should do it. And don't try to do it without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet half the church are not filled with the Holy Spirit, the mainline churches. And their vanity and their pride only criticize what they don't understand. We represent the will of God, the word of God, the power of God, the authority of God on earth. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you have relationship with God that continues to grow. Then you have anointing. You have authority. And other than that, you just have vanity coming out of your mouth like a Sunday school teacher that has no reality and no testimony. You just read stories. Well, that's nice. I can read them myself. I don't need your stories. We want Sunday school teachers filled with the Holy Spirit so they also have some testimonies. Or Saturday school teachers, whatever day you worship. Do you have a testimony? We're supposed to have testimonies, not just read stories. Saul's kingly anointing was recognized, established by the ability to lead God's people in the battle. Utterly destroy the works of the enemy. Now that is power. The kingly anointing is an anointing of power. When a king speaks, it's done. The sick is healed. Mountains are moved. Demons are cast out. Debt is reduced. Special miracles take place. Finances come in. For no church, we've seen a lot of great victories. But I want more. We're just staff, no church. People are shocked of what we've done around the world. But I want more. And we're going to call in more. We're going to decree and declare. Amen. I want more. I want more of God. Why? Because I'm alive. I'm not dead. I want more. If, if you don't want more, let me just bury you and get out of the way because you're using up air. Space, air, food. Come on. Either you serve God. If you serve yourself, you might as well go to, go to heaven and, and get your reward if you make it there. But if you're going to be alive on earth and serve God. Is that good preaching? Is that good preaching? Amen, Adalia? That's good preaching, husband. Thank you. When a king speaks, it's done. The anointing of God will come mightily upon on God's kings in these last days. And they will begin to assault the gates of hell. Through this powerful anointing, God's kings will utterly destroy the works of the devil in the lives of individuals, as well as in territories and nations. Get ready, folks. The mighty power of God is about to come to the church once again. I decree and declare Donald Trump will win. I decree and declare money will come in so we can go on national television and keep America and the world free. 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Please telephone. Give me your best love offering. Also, you could write a check. WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. And YouTube, Warning TV, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. May God richly bless you.